Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 17. In today's episode, we'll be talking about accountability, what it is, why it matters for your organization, and how to make it part of your business culture. Craig will be talking about the role accountability plays in the day-to-day operations of your business, its working environment, and the potential benefits it brings within the organization and its impact in a competitive market. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. Great to be back in the studio. So, Craig, I love this topic, accountability. So tell me, what, what does accountability mean to you? Well, it's at many different levels throughout the organization, but at a high level, it's basically the acceptance of responsibility. It permeates throughout the organization. It starts with leadership and management and is a part of all of the points within the organization itself. It's funny, you know, I think about it and I'm sure there are business owners right now listening to the show and thinking to themselves, man, I hope somebody can help me figure this out. <laughs> because accountability can, can really be quite an elusive thing to achieve. Very much so. And it's part of the culture of the company. You have members of your team that come from various other companies occasionally or have come out of college or school. And they come from different areas. And they have their own way of operation, their own style of doing things and may or may not include working together as teams, may or not include dialoguing and being dependent on other team members for the final result. Yeah, and depending on their experience level and where they've been before, they might not have experienced accountability. And maybe they haven't experienced it, you know, if they're younger and they haven't experienced it in their home life or they're in college. I know when I was in college, my mind wasn't on how to be more accountable (laughs) all of the time. So, you know, you kind of learn that on the job, figuring out how to work in teams, how to work within the organization, who does what. Yeah. And the other thing that I've noticed about this is that one of the dirty little secrets of accountability with respect to the entrepreneur is most entrepreneurs, they don't want to be held accountable. Sometimes that's why they became an entrepreneur. Exactly right. They started their own business because they want that freedom and flexibility to do the things they want. And let's face it, most of the ones that we work with don't like it when people tell them what to do. But they love delegation. (laughs) Even delegation has accountability to it. And delegation without accountability is just a train wreck. Absolutely. Uh, And so and and a lot of the reasons why entrepreneurs struggle with effective delegation is, once again, they don't like to be held accountable themselves. And in order to effectively delegate and hold someone else accountable, you have to hold up your end of the bargain, too. And a lot of them, frankly, just don't like making that commitment. Absolutely. Everyone from the top down has to be part of the accountability structure and part of the culture. There are no exceptions. And it starts with you, right? Every time it starts with the owner and making that statement about how the operation will run and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And walking the talk. So let's talk about why it matters. Like, how does this show up in companies that do this well? What are the benefits that they get from an accountable organization? For example, performance synergy. 
That takes place each time a member is supporting and holding accountable the excellence of another member. So that group synergy of maximizing the performance due to each member being held accountable to the best excellence they can have. This also supports each individual's own personal brand and the organization's culture. Peter Drucker, the management guru, stated that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yeah. And, you know, we hear that quote along with a lot of the other famous quotes from Drucker. And it's one of those things that just rings so true. And we know that a strong culture and a culture of accountability is going to propel your organization forward. Exactly. But it requires everybody to be on the same page when it comes to accountability. And they have to be comfortable with that. It has to come from the top. It's part of the structure And getting comfortable with that, that accountability is just part of the process and it's all based on trying to maximize the result of the product or solution the company is bringing forward. And it's really a a building block for trust, you know, and if you don't have trust within the team and if the team doesn't trust you, you're never going to get out of first gear. Absolutely. Trust is the foundation of it. Yeah. When I hear business owners that are struggling with engagement, this is a big part of the problem. Oh, it's huge. And the Gallup organization's recent study showed that 55% of the workforce was passively disengaged. That means they're not even part of the activity. They may be just doing what they view as their job. That's the maximum commitment they've made. So they're only accountable if someone else tells them they're accountable or measures them. It's a huge loss of potential productivity. Yeah, but when you get it right, it can really help in terms of retention. Absolutely. You know, the number one reason why people leave is their manager. And why is the manager the problem? Part of it is cross-functional accountability. They lead but don't do. And the manager has to be part of the accountability from top to bottom. So they have to feel like they're an actively engaged in the entire company. Part of that is the responsibility of making sure those communications are clear from the manager. It's interesting. I was working with a client recently who's a transitioning executive, and he's trying to build out this team at an executive level, which he hasn't done before. And one of the things that we touched on as we were working through his relationships and what the struggles were is the feedback that he was getting was that he was becoming the bottleneck for a lot of issues, and it was frustrating his team members. And one of the words that surfaced when we were discussing this is, you know, I asked him, how could you be more predictable for your team? And he looked at me like he thought like that was the worst thing I could have ever said. Like he's like predictable. And he said, you know, that's not a word I ever associate with something good. Why would I want to be predictable? Wow. But at the same time, he he thought about it and absorbed it for a little bit. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, what I want to do is I want to eliminate surprises. And how you eliminate surprises is by creating standards and holding people to those standards. He said, I have to be accountable for that as well, right? So sort of this aha moment around a frame that you might not always think about. If they're not part of that chain of communications and knowledge, they just have a job. And they really can't bring more of their capabilities to the task or to the company. You know, of course, there's an endless number of examples that companies that really struggle with it. Uh, We know that our politics, certainly the United States and every, you know, and a lot of other places in the world really struggle with a lack of accountability. And um, and and sometimes whole industries are crippled by this. Oh, there's such great case history. Uh, 
The one I like, or a number of them I like, and include the auto industry. In the U.S., prior to the 1980s, the automobile assembly line never stopped unless someone was injured. Only the line manager could hit the switch and stop the line. There were a lot of defects, and the defects were only caught at the end of the line by some inspectors. And if there was a defect in the car, the car was moved off to a lot where another department dealt with it. It just rolled on. There was a severe lack of accountability throughout the line. Later on, foreign competition started marketing quality in their cars. In the U.S., Ford decided to make quality its goal and completely revamped the quality goals and processes. They focused on the result of each car. Zero defects was their motto, and that was permeated throughout the organization. It became the guiding light. They studied the current manufacturing methods around the world and began to center on one key, and that was everyone is accountable for quality. From the initial concepts through design, through the actual implementation on the assembly line, everyone was accountable. From the suppliers of every assembly, to the actual assemblers on the production line. Everyone was responsible for the resultant final product. And bonuses were aligned with quality results, not just showing up. And the culture changed from I did my job to everyone was holding each other accountable in a positive way. Accountability for the quality of the result. And every single assembly line worker could either stop the line and fix a quality item before the line proceeded again, or flag it for a special attention by a corrections team that would come in. All catching these things early, and each assembly person would be looking out at more than just his job, but the entire car as it was going by. And we might note that Ford was the only U.S. company that didn't ask for bailout money not long ago. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I'm thinking about the commercials, Ford, quality is job one. That's what, you that know? was it. And it was such a powerful statement. And, you know, tying back to the Drucker quote that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Well, you want to know what? Another thing you could say is that foreign competition came here and was eating Ford's lunch along with all the other U.S. car manufacturers. Absolutely. It was a carnage. But they didn't even realize it. They didn't, they didn't know how to address it. They didn't know how to address it. But you want to know what? They, they had figured out that because the customers told them that that was the issue. They could buy better quality cars cheaper. And they weren't putting up with it. Marketplace wasn't putting up with it anymore. They were voting with their own dollars. And the message came in strong. But they weren't listening until disaster struck. But think about like how simple this message is. You know, zero defects. Right. I mean, and then bonusing according to zero defects. They didn't roll out 17 dif- different initiatives. Yeah. They, they rallied around one idea and then they constructed the systems and the processes and the incentives to get everybody focused on that idea. And the accountability permeated throughout the organization. Everybody felt empowered. Each one of them could make a difference in that quality. And they knew that if they worked together as a team, watching each other's work for the purpose of high quality and accountability, that the end product was beginning to move towards that quality number one, in which they later won awards for. Yeah, it's a great example of just how focusing on one thing, in this case, really how to be more accountable can just transform your culture when you're struggling. Another one I really like is in the restaurant side. This one you see quite often. 
Ever go to a restaurant where the waiter never seems to arrive, whereas the couple on the table next to you who arrived sometime after you had service right away? Oh, yeah, I've had that happen. And around you, many tables had dirty dishes and still waiting to be cleared and reset. And a manager that's commanding every move of every employee in the place. And sometimes running around picking up those dirty plates and glasses. Exactly. And, you know, you contrast that to another experience with another restaurant that seems to run like a choreographed symphony where the staff members' movements exude professionalism and pride. The waiter is there right after you get seated and water glasses are filled next as if right on cue. And the staff is communicating and supporting each other over the entire room. And there's no sight of the statuesque manager standing guard ready to command. What causes this level of measurable difference? You know, Craig, uh, hearing you talk about that experience, I can't help but think about there's a D.C. area company that does this so well, and that's Great American Restaurants. And they're one of the larger ones in our area, frequent a number of their restaurants. Oh, yeah. And this is a large regional chain, and they manage a, a group of different brands, including Sweetwater Tavern, Coastal Flats. Um, I think you mentioned Silverado, Craig. Sure. Yeah, and uh, Jackson's, Mike's American. So some people might be familiar with this if you're in the D.C. metro area. And what's remarkable to me is that when you go into these into their restaurants. Each one of them is a different experience in terms of the theme. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you where it's not a different experience. <laughs> the quality of the food and the quality of the service is remarkable. Yeah, extremely consistent. And a lot of the business owners we work with will talk about, well, what I really want to do is figure out how to grow my business. They want to open another location or they want to enter another marketplace. And the only way you can really achieve growth is by first making sure your quality is right. Because if you don't have your quality under control, and that's exactly like in your Ford example is quality control. That's what it is. And if you can't get your quality under control, you'll never be able to scale. And so watching you know, Great American is one example of a group that was able to really scale and maintain their quality. That right there shows you just a high level of accountability and leadership throughout that organization. The training involved that they do to make sure that everyone understands that when the client goes out the door, it's the experience that they had is what their goal is, the result they're looking for, and how each one of them plays into incrementally that experience. One of the things I notice when I go to like Silverado's is the communications that takes place between all the team members. It is just moving all the time, and it just flows really, really impressively. And the way they collaborate on your table, yeah. or, or, or they'll jump in when they have a large table. Absolutely. They'll jump in, and, and I mean, it's like, like you said, like it's choreographed. It's amazing to watch. When collaboration and accountability work, it's impressive to see. Yeah, so you can imagine how much of a focus that is in the training that they put in, and it's just a big part of how they create that culture. And we see that in a lot of successful organizations. Yeah, and building that takes time. It takes consistent effort, and it takes a plan. And so every organization, every business needs to begin to think about how do they integrate accountability in their organization to make it really work. Shai, as you mentioned, trust is a foundation, and that's very critical. That culture has to have trust as a baseline, that all the employees are trusting each other to be in line for the goals of the company and the results it's trying to achieve. 
Yeah, and we should talk a little bit about that, you know, in terms of how you actually do this. How do you create a culture of accountability, especially if you're someone that when you really look in the mirror, that you can honestly admit that, you know, maybe I'm not as accountable as I could be, and maybe I don't really like being held accountable. So how how does a business owner face that challenge? Where do they start? Initially, the first phase is begin with clear communications of the vision. And some organizations don't even have a vision. They have to start there. They have to have their vision, which includes the culture and the values of the business and where it's going. And it includes the goals and brand representation that that business stands for clearly communicate that throughout all of the organization. And having a clear communication of responsibility and the role that each member plays, each member knows all of the other roles as well. And you know what? They don't know those automatically. That doesn't just happen. Like they don't just figure out what everybody else is doing and where they fit into the machinery. You have to convey that and you need to put together systems in order to convey and support that. It should be clearly communicated. And the culture of the team, how do you build that culture of the team so that they understand accountability and are okay with it? You know, it has to be a team focus on the result. What do we want that client, customer, product experience to be as the result of this organization? Where I see people struggle is really naming that result. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's a mystery. Sometimes they're left on their own to figure it out themselves. Well, and and it starts with, you know, you talked about communicating the vision, but the business owner really needs to do some work to get some clarity around the results they want and so that they can then break that down into the different positions that support the organization so that they have clear results and an understanding of what the outcome is of the thing that they do well and how that fits into the rest of the organization. Yeah. And clearly it starts out with, you know, hiring right, you know, hiring the best and you can train the rest. But some hire the best and do no training. They have to be involved in bringing in and onboarding that new hire into the culture, into the standards, into the accountability environment that they've staged. So they have a lot of knowledge on how the operations work, where everyone fits and how the different team members flow into the result that they're trying to achieve and that new hire's role. Your goal is to align an emotional attachment into taking on accountability and responsibility for their role and also being aware of all the other roles so that they can be observant and know where they can help instantly. And along those lines, the culture needs to be consistently reinforced and be supportive of accountability. The author, Joseph Greenlee, states that all employees nudging each other into accountability. So it's a cultural thing as far as how we help each other or draw attention to elements of our work that we're doing that could be better, that really needs to fit towards the goals and standards of the organization. It has to do with how do we implement accountability and how does it look in the organization. And accountability might be saying something to someone when you see someone working on an email in a meeting. They know that's not the standard. They're not giving the 100% attention. And peers can influence peers to pull them involved, get them on track so that they're meeting the needs of the group itself. And they need to be okay with the discomfort you may feel when you call out one of your teammates on their standards and actions that are not aligned or helpful to the goals of the organization. 
You need to address dysfunction in real time. There's going to be resistance and maybe silence and possibly some cynicism, but we need to strive to do more than just my job. What were the results and how did my results affect the results of the rest of the team members? Craig, that was a really great overview of accountability and some really good examples of what a business owner can do to start to make that change in their culture. What else do you have to offer our listeners? What I put together is an accountability checklist, and this will be on the notes, and it'll help guide you into adding a key strength to your organization and a major competitive advantage in the marketplace. Fantastic. And with that, It's a wrap for today's show on accountability and the significant impact it can have on your business results. We'll have a free copy of Craig's accountability checklist entitled Infusing a Culture of Accountability on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business. Business.